0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig, and we have a very exciting episode ahead. I have Michael, excuse me while I completely butcher his last name, Chuck Raverty. Chuck Raverty. I just call him Captain Dimples from season 10 of The Great British Bake Off. Oh, it's so exciting. We talk all about the wildness and uh, respectfulness and just the incredible uh, high highs, low lows of the Great British Bake Off or Great British Baking Show experience, what it's like to be catapulted into Harry Styles' level of celebrity when it's over, and how he handles uh, anxiety that he's uh, learned he has in the midst of doing it all. Also, we talk about Mankind, his podcast that he has with his co-host Mark Watson, it's all About masculinity from every different angle. This was just a lovely, lovely conversation that I could have continued into the wee hours of the UK morning. But alas, you'll have to deal with this hour of chitty, chitty chat chats with Michael. I'm not even going to try and say his last name from the Great British Bake Off. Enjoy. Okay, Michael, let's get into this. I um, am such a huge fan, and I have yet to talk to anyone from the GBBO, GBBS uh, franchise about all the secrets, wonders, and mysteries of the GBBO, GBBS situation. So, you're going
1: to say both both variations every single time.
0: What's the difference?
1: I mean, it's Bake Off here. But we call right. it Bake Off, but I feel like someone bought the rights in a very American thing, and refused to sell them. I feel like that's what's happened.
0: Okay, because I keep saying Great British Bake Off in its original form, and then whenever mm. you look it up, it switches to show. Which is, yeah. So we'll stick American. With Bake Off.
1: It sounds. It sounds better, doesn't it? Really, it, tra-
0: it sounds pure. Um, okay, <laughs> Michael. Let's talk about you and baking. When did this start?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't really When remember. did the
0: problem begin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your bacon has affected me in the following ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like when I was a lot younger, it was my mum that taught me um, when I was in the mm-hmm. kitchen when I was younger. Um, and yeah, it was something we did together. Uh, mum was always the kind of cook in the kitchen, the bacon yeah. kind of person. When my dad got involved, like there'd be like stains on the walls. So it was generally <laughs> mum that was in there. And um, yeah, I just really got involved with it, really enjoyed it. Um, Looking back, It wasn't like very good baking. I mean, I would just turn the temperature up like to to 200 degrees to get it done (laughs) quicker.
0: See, that's my assumption. And now, you know, watching Bake Off, I've learned that that's incorrect. And instead I need to get a metal pan and just do this until something is cooked.
1: The Bake Off flap does not work. Can confirm. Absolutely fucking useless. (laughs) It looks.
0: I mean, it looks aggressive and like fun because it's always done in a moment of pure stress and desperation. And so it... (laughs) it looks like a macgyver move of like i don't know what to do i'm panicked but i'm still a pleasant person so this is all i can do whereas do you know what uh,
1: like the flapping comes from previous seasons as well like none of us do it innately it's like we've seen them do it on the tv before so we're like surely this will work and it never fucking works and it'll carry on in perpetuity but it's still a problem like it's not right
0: until someone develops some new technique that catches on and everyone starts doing it well, I have okay. So you are on the tenth season in 2019 of yes. Bake Off. Now, what is the audition process like? Is it like Drag Race? Do you make an audition tape? Do you say like, "Hey, Starwipe, here's me cooking in the kitchen"?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. The um, the audition process has changed the year after us, so people okay. now have to submit like a self tape, which not like it, not like the star wipes and all that. Just like a, okay. "Hi, I'm Michael. I love baking, and I right. have three interesting facts, and that's the end." But like, okay. I wouldn't have ordered if it was that um, really oh my god seeing myself on camera is like the worst thing in the entire world like why well. do i shout all the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i honestly this i loved you so much on the season because it felt like you were jim from the office like making a sides to the camera all the time like you knew exactly where the camera was and everyone's temperament is very mild and so you had a slightly Above mild temperament, and it seemed <laughs> oh, like a wow. Oh, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gonna gonna put that on my Tinder bio. Aren't I? It's slightly <laughs> above mild temperament. <laughs> it's not actually the camera that you're aware of. It's the it's the it's the producer. So, like, oh, okay. they, the producer tends to, like, put their face beside the camera, which is, like, a strange thing to think about because they're always like this. Um, right, right. But, like, they they put their face beside it so that you look to them when you're talking. Gotcha. The only time you're aware of the cameras is, like, you'll be doing, like, a technical challenge and you'll have, like, discarded, like, a whole, like, whole pile of pastry. And the camera uh-huh. will just, like, zoom in on that pastry and you're like, oh.
0: they're picking up all the things that you would never recognize uh, in your own kitchen okay wait so your audition process then was just like was submitting like an Uh, application
1: i wish it was just that grace it was um like a 12 page application form at least and you fill in your details about your life and then it's Mm -hmm. like biscuits and you have to like talk about your favorite biscuit your least favorite biscuit all the biscuits you've made show them pictures what biscuits haven't you made why haven't you made those biscuits what do you think about biscuits in general um, wow and you do that you do that for cakes you do that for desserts you do that for meringues you do that for pastry you do that for everything
0: wow um, i miss it must have like forced you to think about oh baked my god goods i've never thought <laughs>
1: in that way of, it was one night and I was at, I shouldn't say this although I've left that job now I was at work uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like really bored nothing to do so I spent like three or four hours on it just like uploading from Instagram um, yeah. and then yeah there's like endless rounds of phone calls and then personal auditions and psych mm. tests and this and that and it took I applied in October mm-hmm. and I found out I got on the show in March and then we started wow. filming in April so wow.
0: it's a long
1: process um which I think they must be doing on Zoom this year. I mean, like, good luck to them. Ooh. I
0: assume I know the um. So when you so you had been baking and uploading to your Instagram before all this. So this had been something like this wasn't like a I kind of do this. Let me pretend I do this so I can get on the show situation.
1: Uh, so I I stopped baking when I went to uni because like everything mm. was sticky. And like not in (laughs) not into that, and I was busy coming out. There was plenty going on, Grace. I was I was too busy. You had uh, a couple (laughs)
0: other things, yeah.
1: (laughs) And then I um I moved to my new job. I got a new job, and I started really struggling with anxiety and depression, and like finding that all all that all that stuff really grim. Um, yeah. Those I, things aren't fun. Pres-
0: I'm friends with them. Oh, They're not fun. Oh my God.
1: I was literally prescribed exercise by the doctor, which is the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's not the worst thing that ever happened to me. I got really into it. But like the time she was like, you can have pills or you can like start running. And so I chose the running. Um, Good but I also you. chose baking. <laughs> and that's like, great. It sounds really bizarre when when you think about how I suddenly made it into this very stressful environment. But it started from like a very kind of mindful place, like mm-hmm. following a recipe. You can't really focus on anything else because you've got to focus on this thing. And right. then by the time you get to the end, you have produced something, hopefully. And if you haven't, have a cry and start again. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it was really great for me. And that was really wonderful. And then... I baked along with the show the year before I applied. So like each week it'd be like bread week. And I was like, I'll do a bread. Yeah. Um, at the same time I was going to therapy. Um, and then therapy ran out because the NHS is underfunded in Britain. Yeah. Oh, no. um, it's like, we've unearthed all these things and now you have to go out on your own. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, baby bird.
0: Get out of the nest. <laughs>
1: um, but at the end of that therapy, it was all happening around the same time. Um, my therapist was like, you keep saying no to things uh, because mm. you think you can't do them. So why don't you start saying yes to things? And I was like, I say yes to everything. What are you talking about? Because I was really open (laughs) to that kind of conversation. Not
0: defensive (laughs) at all.
1: (laughs) But then it did sink in. And like, so I'd finished baking along with the show. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of like episodes, like eight onwards, I think, when it's on air in Britain, there's like adverts at the end being like, oh, you should apply for Bake Off. And mm-hmm. I was watching it with my friend and my friend was like, oh my God, you should apply for Bake Off. And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, and fantastic.
1: So yeah, so I kind of applied on a, on a slightly on a whim, um, mm-hmm. but I was like endlessly shocked to have got to every single stage that I got to, to the extent wow. that I only told, I think four friends, my my manager at work and my two parents. And that was it. Wow. Like, I didn't tell my brothers. I didn't tell any of in extended family. I told no yeah. one. My brothers found out halfway through the season when we were filming because my mum was like, I can't not tell them. Ah! <laughs> 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 but like, I kept it so private. And um, yeah, it was a whole fucking I mean, world. came out.
0: wild. Yeah. So... I mean, and also kudos to your therapist for telling you to do something. And then the second you do it, you're on television. <laughs> on suddenly. <bake-off>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wild. Now what, I mean, that's also just truly the most intimidating thing to walk into that uh-huh. situation. It's got I'm such down. a legacy, you know, especially I'm sure in, you know, in the UK that it's even more, uh, frenzied, mm. uh, than it is here. The, uh, Did you get to meet any of the contestants before you started filming, or do you all meet on like the first day?
1: It's interesting you say about the frenzied thing because I totally agree, but I was also somehow completely unaware. I was, I Mm. completely knew it. I knew it was a massive show, but I also. Had completely blacked out from my brain that it was going to be a big thing. I hey, think it was weird. <laughs> yeah. God, I do that. You really that therapy.
0: <laughs> I do that, and then it bubbles all the way up, and then it squirts out of my brain in a very uncomfortable way.
1: <laughs> that's what you saw in episode five. Um, yeah. No, the, the, um, I think in Britain, like it feels some, some kind, some kind of personal. I don't know what it is when you're watching yeah. it. On the TV, and you're watching it at home as one of the millions of viewers, but you forget that there are millions of other viewers. You think it's kind of just you, yes. and I think that was what was in my head. Um, so we had f- we found out we were on the show in March, and we had four weeks to prep all the recipes for the entire season. So in they those give four you weeks
0: all of the challenges that you will be met with other than the technical challenges. Other than the technical,
1: yeah. Um, So so we know the full season, which means it's really sad when the person in week one goes home because they've prepped everything. Yeah. And then they just go. Which is why, Jeez. like when whenever I watched it at home, I was like, Why are you crying? You've been here for like two days, get a good yourself. <laughs> Whereas actually <laughs> a I lot see more has it gone
0: up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you had those four weeks to prep all the all the recipes, but you're doing it on your own. And that's really, really hard because you're in your kitchen. You can't tell anyone that you're on the show. So you can't tell anyone what um. you're doing. You're also doing your day jobs. I was working about 12 hours a day between the theater and the gym, plus Jeez. trying to do all these challenges. So it's really isolating. And because you don't know the contestants that are on until you get there, you yeah. have no one to talk to about it. So then so, when you arrive at the hotel the night before-
0: They are setting you up for psychological warfare with yourself uh, from the beginning. I, know, <laughs> if right, but, I was, Yeah, if I was your friend, I'd be like, so he works all day, he goes to the gym and then he bakes at night and he doesn't tell anyone about it. Is he okay? <laughs>
1: It was a nightmare, but it meant that when you're met the night before, so you all met in the hotel bar the night before. Okay. And um, suddenly we were like, oh my God, these are the only 12 other people in the entire world who understand yeah. what the last four weeks of my life has been like. And so you literally just connect like that. Like it just happens yeah. straight f- away.
0: Instant um, bond.
1: Genuinely. And like, so we meet the night before. Uh, it's all a bit wild. Then you go to bed then you wake up at five in the morning, straight to the tent.
0: Wow that's so and so is that the first time that you meet Prue and paul Paul,
1: yeah and so, so oh. it was sandy and noel for, and noel for us but or yeah, sandy we meet and them
0: noel all. rather yeah
1: um we met them all all in yeah yeah the, ne- the next day we went to the tent so we basically went, walked in they were like here is the tent here's how the ovens work go
0: um <gasps> i have anxiety and i don't bake i probably should that probably should be something i do to calm the fuck down but uh, uh that's wild to me
1: I was not calmed the fuck down. I mean, I cut like half my fingers off um in the first episode. Just like <laughs> constantly cut like it was the knives are so fucking sharp. <laughs> like why are they giving us sharp knives and no sleep? Like,
0: what? true. Yeah, I know. I mean, like that's uh, they they know what they're doing. They're setting you guys up for some sneaky, uh, good for TV moments.
1: <laughs> and they got him. And I've, I've literally got physical scars. I mean, it's an audio uh, podcast, but I literally have scars on my hands because of that first episode.
0: <laughs> emotional and physical scars. I, uh, they, (laughs) now when you're in there i mean because they that like you're saying they really do champion this environment that is like welcoming and calm and like polite and there's something very (laughs) soothing about it even though it is the most stressful environment you've probably ever been in what is i'm so curious what first of all I have to ask you. You already asked me about whether this is a question, but it is one of my number one questions. Why are you all wearing <laughs> the same clothes? What's going on?
1: The most they, asked question I've ever, like honestly. I know. Uh, Well, it's, it's like,
0: okay, it, these are cartoon characters now that they never yeah. change their wardrobe. It's
1: genuinely the answer is really simple. It's for continuity. So mm. if I was if I reacted it reacted in a really good way during the signature, but right. there was no room for it. They can put it into the showstopper. And I mean, mm. a really good example was um, the signature from the week, the first week when I cut my hands up into tiny little pieces. <laughs> and then I, I left the tent and um, I was like sobbing my eyes out down the camera at this producer. Uh. Like I slagging myself off so much that I made the producer also cry. It was a great uh. moment for everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like I was literally in bits and then uh. I watched it back and like my my little box, but my little talking head immediately after that challenge, I was like, well, that went well because you cut <laughs> it from the next day.
0: <laughs> oh, OK. I see. I get it now. OK. Yeah, that but makes we sense. don't
1: get a washing machine. So you do have to wash your clothes in the sink in the hotel the night before, like in between. Um, what? This sh- I mean, yeah.
0: this show is like... Royalty. I would assume that they'd have nothing but the finest setup for everyone and be like stripping the clothes off your back and washing them for you and delivering them perfectly pressed the next morning.
1: Some people bought two of the same clothes so they could just Mm. wear the same thing the next day. But um, there was one week where we had to make these. I mean, I have Indian heritage so I can say it. awful disgusting Indian sweets and (laughs) uh, they're made of like you have to boil milk for like four hours so like our clothes just like smelt of milk
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh fine.
1: and like you know when you're wearing glasses and like you've got like steamy water and the steam yep. fogs up your glasses it was that but milk and like it went kind of crusty <laughs> around the edges so like there's me like scrubbing my glasses in the sink and washing my things and oh it was not the one so glamorous it's,
0: i know very humbling experience it sounds like <laughs> The um. so how OK, my other question is, how frequently are you baking? Are you guys shooting episodes like once a week? Or are you shooting like back to back to back to back to back? Do you get time in between to like go? I know this. Previous season, they were all, you know, quarantined together mm. the whole time, which adds a whole other psychological fuckery level to I it. I really
1: want to see that reality TV show, right? Right. The, re- the, the behind Real Housewives of the, house the Bake Off Bubble. Like, oh, oh. I
0: would love it. Um, <laughs> but are you guys in your season, were you able to like decompress and go off the set in de-compress. between? Decompress.
1: Good one. Very good. Very good. <laughs> funny, funny. <I> And mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, So we would film Saturday, Sunday. So you're filming okay. about. 15 hours Saturday, 15 hours Sunday. Wow. And then you go back to your job Monday to Friday. So, wow. you, um, so I and would you can't tell anyone way. about
0: this experience.
1: No, but that's also why when you're watching the show, when people are like, when the judges come around on the little royal tour and they're like, so did you practice this, this at home? And you're like, no, I haven't had time. And then at home, you're like, oh, we should have practiced that. Why haven't we practiced <laughs> that? You're on the bake-off, mate. It's because you get home on Monday, you work for 12 hours, and then it's like 11 p.m. You don't have wow. time to bake a five-hour fucking bread and then go just to like do it all the next day. Absolutely not. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <Wild. laughs> so yes, you go home, but you don't decompress because you but can't But you do really- life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You, have to, you have to kind of fit in your normal job. The one good thing though, is you could sort of make a little couple of changes in the weeks. So you could mix things up. So if something hasn't okay. been going very well for you, you could be like, well, I'm not going to do that curd thing because it just hasn't worked for me in the tent. right. for so like, right, right. So example, one of the contestants in my season, Elena, the spooky goth one, and um, oh yeah, she uh, she
0: my boyfriend got scared of her bake. Sometimes he was like, "I get it, <laughs> it's got so blood." Wild. I don't,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but she, she was, couldn't she do caramel. Like a sweetie. Okay, like week one, she couldn't get caramel to work. So she just could, so she went home and cut caramel from all of her bakes. So we wow. could do that. Whereas last year, when they were in the bubble, that there was can't. no chance. No chance. Wow,
0: I mean, and baking is so interesting because. It is practice like you like any sport, like you have to get good at things Mm. and like, you also have to commit so much to memory. I imagine, like there's so many recipes because are you guys allowed to have your paper recipes with you? Yeah, so
1: you have you okay. so you have your recipe from for the signature and the showstopper, but also okay. those recipes have to be entirely yours. So you have oh. to have created them, so they can't be off Google, and they will check. Like wow, um, so you'll get they'll, they'll send back the recipe and be like, Michael, you found this on Google, and you'd be like, yes, because it's from Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what the fucking Malaysian keks lapis sarawak is. I don't know. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> you okay, have so. To make it your- so, what's the percentage of when you are pre season, let's say, they give you all of the things to prep for the season? What's the percentage that you had already known of and had made before versus things that were brand new that you had to teach yourself to do oh. for the first time? I have never been asked that. Um, because I... I just assume, like, I'm a very um, uneducated human in the world of Same. baking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in general, but especially in the world of baking. And I just, you know, I you hear that people are into baking, so you assume... You know, ignorantly that they know how to make everything that's presented to them. I think
1: genuinely, like going through them all in my head now, I think I had made two of the things that I made in the tent. Yeah. Before in my wow. life. Um, wow. And, but, the, but the the thing with baking is that you can sort of like pull out pull out some ideas. It's kind of if you watch the technical challenge, it's kind of like that, that we were doing at yeah. home. Like we'll know how to make pastry, but we might not have made a custard tart. Got but it. we know how to make that so you can kind of pull things together mm-hmm. but it does like with the showstoppers you've never made the things they're asking you for <laughs> the showstopper like a fucking biscuit sculpture no thank you i'll just have a biscuit thanks yeah. um, <laughs> bye. Who has okay. the time?
0: other okay other quick question then we have to take <laughs> it, our first break uh When you guys are presenting your showstoppers, the moment that they make you by yourself lift things up and take it to the table, they edit around it so it's not as stressful for an audience. But I just always imagine unedited in the tent what it feels like to watch one by one. You guys struggle to bring these things up to the... I mean, what's that moment like? It's
1: a very long walk as well from the back (laughs) of the tent. Like, it doesn't look quite as long as it is. But like, I remember carrying, I was at the back the first, i got halfway through and i was like i got halfway down and i was like there's still more walking to do (laughs) like how is it how is there more to go and everyone just goes quiet when you're walking because no one wants to distract you and then once sandy came over and she was like i'll help you carry it because it was heavy but she's so fucking short it was like (laughs) i was like i was like bent down on my knees trying to like hobble forwards with this thing um yeah it feels like they make you
0: do yeah like a walk of shame uh to present Uh, you walk
1: back is worse like they they Uh, they eat it they hate it and then they send you back and you have got to do that walk again
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's it I want I wish their bonus footage on YouTube was just unedited of you guys walking up and back from the judges table there's a really table. lovely
1: clip uh, um, from episode six and we all had like these six glasses on a tray yeah and we're all walking so slowly and they kept <laughs> in like a really slow walking it's like the world's worst egg and spoon race
0: <laughs> oh it's great I mean that's the thing I love about British television is it's very cheeky that way that they know you look ridiculous and they're gonna let us sit with it for a second but just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, we have to take a quick break. When we get back, I obviously have a billion more questions for you. Um, so we'll be right back with more not too deep. Not, 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 not too deep. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good? Bad? Otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, here's a question. What is the cultural reaction in the UK when you're done filming? Like, are you now launched into Harry Styles' uh, oh, atmosphere? No.
1: <laughs> I would love, I would love to be launched into Harry Styles. Thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> no, we. Um, I think what's lovely about Bake Off um, is that, well, I say for the most part, I think there's probably people who aren't this way, but mostly mm-hmm. people just go on to it to have a bit of fun and then go back to their normal lives. Yeah. So I... I work in social care and I have a nine to five job, which I do Monday to Friday. Wow. And that's just how it is. I mean, it's weird because people know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly they, they kind of go like, Oh, I know you from somewhere. And mm. then there's a really awkward moment when you can't be like, Oh, I was on bake off. Cause they could be like, we went to university together. Then you're an right. absolute dickhead. So <laughs> there's an awkward <laughs> bit when you're like, Oh no, you don't. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so you, you recognize quite a lot. And like, within certain spheres like because because I I I am known in the gay circles the gays tend to know who I am but like it's it's a bit strange like it's not I don't think we're celebrities uh, really at all But it always blows my mind that someone knows who I am
0: yeah it feels like there is a I mean my just assumption is that the UK has a different level of respect in terms of that that it's not like a frenzied kind of like jumping grabbing your clothes as if you are owed uh like a, a picture or photo or anything that from them really
1: so um during air, i found it really hard actually because because like i said i kind of not realized that it was going to be on television and then it was on television right. and um i was being chased down the street um, <laughs> people tried to get photos of me and i was like i'm just going to like I'm just going to tesco please leave me alone
0: yeah <laughs> like,
1: and i found that really hard and i was really lucky because my friends on the show like they were really good at... Whenever, whenever we hung out together, that was even yeah. worse. Um, oh, yeah,
0: because it's like one person can look at you and go, I think I know him, but then you're with Henry and they go, oh, I definitely know the two exactly. of them. Exactly,
1: and actually Henry, bless them, was really great because he's able to... He's, he can see me getting anxious, like a mile mm. off. And so he immediately becomes like this massive conversationalist. And I kind of like slowly oh, shrink away. That's <laughs> sweet. The, <laughs> but like, um... yeah, it's, it's really overwhelming. Like it's, I found it really hard and I still find it strange. when someone goes like, oh my God, you're on Bake Off. And like, all I can think to say is like, yeah.
0: Well, the thing, yeah, it's different a little bit than like, you know, YouTube or something where people are putting themselves out there for performative sort of things. Mm. And so they're like asking for recognition in a certain kind of way. You guys are baking delicious things. You're not going on there to be like a media personality. Drag race, race, you go
1: on it almost for the career, whereas for Mm -hmm. us, it's just like we want to there's no prize. You win a, like a, a, a cake stand. Like it's not really <laughs> Yeah, genuinely you win a cake stand and then that's it. You go home again. And that's the end. Like, Everything
0: is so humble.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, it's not about that. So it's really strange when people come out at the end and they're like, Oh my God, when well, you do A cookbook? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know what to write. Like I just say, like, Google it. Like, I don't, I don't right. know. Like well, and it's wild.
0: Okay. Other questions quickly about why is the tent so hot?
1: Uh, because um, it gets sunny. I mean, do you know how how the how, the, how I've, weather? I've heard.
0: I've, I've works. outside. Um, I haven't been out. I haven't been there in a while. But I hear things. Uh,
1: yeah. No. It's um. It's weird because they can take the sides off the tent. Uh huh. take the sides off the tent, it gets really windy. So all your, your all your ingredients blow around. Got so, it. Um, and they and can't also, have
0: AC because of audio, I assume.
1: Um. Pass. I don't actually genuinely know. Um, They don't have dishwashers. They have two people out the back scrubbing because they can't (laughs) have dishwashers because of the noise. Oh, Um, no. But if you think about baking, like temperatures Mm -hmm. in the oven are generally 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. And if you've got 12 ovens that are on at that temperature. Miserable. Miserable. Like bread week, it was so hot in our tent that our bread (sighs) would prove in 30 minutes rather than an hour. And it just plays havoc with you. But all your ovens are on at 250 degrees. So,
0: of course, it goes wild no fucking doy that you had a panic attack like they are putting you in an environment that is uh creating the sensations of a panic attack uh, yeah
1: honestly it was <laughs> and like the, the panic attacks that i had was uh, over a, a deep fat fryer which i've never used before uh, um and we had to make beignet souffles I, don't, I still don't know what they are sure basically like shoe pastry that's deep fried mm-hmm. and i can do shoe pastry at home but like when yeah. the recipe just says make shoe pastry you go what the f-? I, I don't know you no. forget everything yeah so I um, it wasn't working and what happened was my brain was already stressed and like a high state of anxiety and I tried it a yeah. few times it still didn't work and mm. I think what happened was I started to kind of if you go way back to why I applied I wanted to apply it to prove to myself that I could do more than I thought I could. And here I was on on national television proving to myself that I couldn't. Uh, (laughs) um,
0: It's, I mean, uh, literally a recipe for pure anxiety panic. But
1: what Bake Off does is that they don't want that. So like if you you watch that episode, if you watch like The X Factor or anything like that, it would be really hyped up into this huge storyline. Whereas Bake Off were immediately trying to pacify and sort and make me feel comfortable and make me feel safe, and oh, they showed nice. me a lot of what happened, but they did it in a really nice, gentle way. And like Noel and Sandy came over, and Noel was busy trying to get me to leave the tent, talking with your mindfulness. Like oh, they were nice. all really great about it, so it wasn't this hyper competitive thing. Like imagine someone having a panic attack on Drag Race. Like
0: oh yeah, be a huge the, the thing. gifs and gifs, the memes, all of it. Yeah. They would be memes and like gifs. crazy. <laughs> I know. Take
1: a a side. Make make a decision.
0: I hear choosy programmers choose GIF. So that's what I've always said, but I get immediate backlash for it. Same.
1: Same. I'm with you. I I choose GIF, but I get attacked. So yeah.
0: it's um, The internet's a really fun place sometimes.
1: <laughs> I didn't have Twitter before Bake Off. Like, Twitter really? was a th- new thing for me. Yeah, I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> now, okay. Are you, you, Henry, and and Dave, David, Dave, David, 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 he's uh, not a
1: Dave. He's, he's not a Dave. Not. <laughs> Dave, Dave, can bl- Dave can bleed <laughs> a radiator. David cannot.
0: <laughs> now, were you guys, obviously you seem like really close friends on the show. And I believe yeah. that you probably were
1: yes no we absolutely were yeah um david got to the final and um, henry and i did not and so (laughs) we spent between when we got eliminated and the final helping him bake in his kitchen like we were trying to practice with him and stuff yeah we're really the the least laddie lads club i think we got called yeah yeah. i
0: know i loved it that was so fun (laughs) yeah
1: really good friends yeah henry's literally just been texting about something
0: oh classic henry i classic uh, henry i have to admit so my boyfriend's name is elliot and henry looks exactly like elliot when he was like 10 years ago and so the whole season we called henry Lil elliot the
1: whole time <laughs> oh, <that's> so adorable <laughs> henry's yeah. only 21 isn't that disgusting a little Ugh. he's a
0: little that is gross and he uh, you know has so much time to be corrupted it's wonderful <laughs> now after it must be so this whole thing is a whirlwind and then you you come off of the show you finally tell friends and family that you're going to be on the (laughs) show all
1: livid by the way they're like why the fuck didn't you tell me yeah
0: yeah so what's it like now then watching yourself on the show was that difficult was it fun was it everything
1: i i it was exciting, 100%. Yeah. The problem with, the, the weirdest thing about it being on TV is that you know what happens, but right. no one else knows what happens. So when they're all like, oh, I'm rooting for you. You're like, oh, please don't.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> like, won't be disappointed.
1: Oh, yeah, She's someone else. <laughs> like, it's horrible. Like, it's horrible. Um, and, and I knew that there was, I cry a lot. Like, it's just who I am as a person. I'm a crier. <laughs> and I knew that there was crying coming. So like uh, I knew like I, I enjoyed episodes one, two, and three because mm-hmm. I knew that episode three was really good for me. And then after episode three, I feel like you watch the descent of Michael for like three episodes, <laughs> and then I go home. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've only I've only ever watched episode five when I had the panic attacks once ever. Yeah. But um That's I enjoyed for the it best. mostly. Like it was yeah. fun overall. Um and I I really like I, th- I think I spent the whole year after it was on TV I spent the whole year like trying to find that high again from somewhere yeah. like because it's the most stressful thing you'll ever do in your entire my entire life and it's it's the most huge thing I've ever done in my entire life and yeah. it was all those things it was so brilliant and the time and the people and everything was just perfect so I think I spent a lot of the time kind of chasing that for a long time and I think yeah I never, I think it got to a place eventually when I was like, actually, it was great for what it was. Yeah. I've kind of closed the door on it a bit now, which is great.
0: That's great. Yeah. I can relate to that a lot in like digital Mm. creation that like you have a couple good years and then you chase that feeling over and over again. And that might, and then you stop yourself from actually growing if you keep trying to go back in time. Um, And like, for this experience, you know, there's a very small group of people in the world that have been on that show that can relate to what you're doing. So you don't have a blueprint for like the way you're supposed to readjust to society after it's over. No,
1: not at all. And also like there isn't really a kind of planned out career at the end. And some people right. go into it wanting that career and not that's not a problem. That's what they want. And some people don't. But then there's kind of this weird thing where if you hadn't thought about that, like in my case, I hadn't really thought about the other end of it. Yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> my brain didn't have enough space. <laughs> yeah. But like got to the end and I was like like oh what should I be doing now and then I joined Twitter during the show and I was having to try and negotiate like having to learn how to manage abuse on there and then Instagram had taken like I'd gone from I went from 281 followers Mm. and I now have nowhere near as much as you've got but like I I've got a considerable platform which yeah I didn't, I don't really know what to do with. <laughs> I'm like, hi, what do you want from me? Like, why are you, why are you following? Like, Hello, how can I, will I make you your, happy?
0: I will be your puppet. Let me know how it's, I can perform it's weird. for you. <laughs> yeah, because you're
1: like, please love me. Please right. don't leave. What do right. you want? <laughs> but also don't
0: get too close. I don't want to show you my whole life. So like stay at oh. a safe distance.
1: <laughs> it's really, and I find that really stressful. And then like, mm-hmm. I... I use Twitter to kind of share some of my views every so often. And of course yeah. I get things wrong because I'm just a person. A human being. But then but then you get cancelled and it's like, oh fuck, like how do I uncancel myself? Like what do, like how do yeah. I go back? <laughs> like, do like, you
0: have um have you created any sort of like rules or boundaries for yourself in the way you use social media? Or do you really use it exactly how you wanna use it without filtering yourself in any way?
1: Um I have a private Instagram account as well oh, nice. which I found really helpful because I would like literally take a picture of like the sea and I'd be like oh will people like this picture of the sea <laughs> or, should, or should it be a different picture of the sea so I would, so now when I have my own account I can just do what I want with it that's but good. Twitter I find really hard because I really don't like the idea of closing my DMs which sounds ridiculous mm-hmm. because that's where I get all of my abuse but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I feel like if I say something wrong. Yeah. I would like someone to be able to tell me why it was wrong so that I can yeah. learn. Educate and you. Yeah. Exactly. And education doesn't happen in the comments on Twitter. Education, yeah. like in the comments on Twitter, it's like your shit and die. And yeah. Like that's all they say, really, in there. Um and so I think the DMs is a good way of me learning, and I have learned in the DMs, but then I also get the your shit and die in the DMs as well. So yeah. I don't really the only way I can really manage it is by taking breaks. Every so, when it gets too much, I'm just like, I'm off. See you in a week. Bye, and yeah. I go away again. But um, I don't. I don't have a technique for t- social media. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm
0: no, like... <laughs> I'm with you. I I ask this mostly because I'm just trying to find and glean like advice from other people. I'm like, what do you do? How do you handle this? Because it is. It's very I, Twitter. Make I look at it all the time because it's where I get most of my news. But yeah. it gives me such anxiety, and I feel like uh, anything I post there is like throwing something into a group of people with flamethrowers and hoping they don't turn the flamethrowers so, on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, I completely get you. My friend yeah. said this thing to me, which is really important, which has really helped me, mm-hmm. which was the idea of saying, never dance in the flames of something. Mm. So um, if someone sets a fire, don't like join in their fire. Yeah. Help the people who are being burned by the fire. Mm. And um, so when you look at J.K. Rowling, when say J.K. Rowling's done a transphobia recently, like one of yeah. her many transphobias. Yeah rather than like engaging with her and her fire, speak to the people that she's affecting with her fire and like try and promote, amplify voices there or mm. promote like helplines and resources. So I, that's kind of the, the way I mainly engage yeah. with like difficult topics is by being like, Oh, how can we help these people? And like, here's a voice over here. And mm-hmm. then I also use it to be thirsty over people like John Ossoff. because. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you better watch your awesome I mean, no uh, one has
1: ever rolled up shirt sleeves quite in the same way. Do You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> okay, like well, this is, my, this is my this my other question because I'm uh, I'm gonna out you, not like you in college, but I'm gonna say <laughs> too late that you slid into my DMs, which is I uh, did so fun because i'm too much of a dork to ever like dm people because i have in the past and i haven't gotten responses of like asking oh, that people happens to, like, as
1: well and then i just well, have to kind of swallow okay. my pride <laughs> now i need to
0: know who else have you slid into the dms of who's been a uh, you know one oh. of those dream catchers <laughs>
1: Do you know what happened so so um i got I made, I made friends with laura who was on this year's bake-off oh i love and, laura um so lovely but and amelia clark of mother of dragons yeah. messaged her on instagram and i was like oh my god so i immediately went into her following list now like, does she follow me too no just laura okay well fuck you <laughs> amelia then like-
0: <laughs> i love that yeah well let and me see me, not me okay
1: <laughs> the weirdest thing has been people who like if i follow someone and they mm-hmm. already follow me like that is what kind of blows my mind and it happens yeah. a lot with I've made a lot of friends within the drag community because apparently yeah. there's a massive crossover there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really cool. Um, Tom well, okay. Daly has been fun as well. There's a couple I know.
0: Well, Tom Daly, first of all, Mankind is your podcast that you oh, co-host. Oh, yes,
1: yes, And Tom Daly... I forgot about that. Thank you for plugging <laughs> in. <that>. Sorry. <laughs>
0: well, uh, Tom Daly has been a guest on it, but I'm curious. Yeah. Like, I was listening to a couple of clips of it on Instagram and I think the mm. concept of it is really beautiful. For people that don't know, how do you describe Mankind.
1: Um, Oh, good, good question. Normally that's written down. Uh, So it's like, so basically it came from the idea of when I was being trolled on Twitter for doing the Mm -hmm. crying, uh, Mm -hmm. most of those comments came from men. And I was Mm. like, why are you mad that I'm crying? Like, surely if that affects anyone's masculinity, it affects mine. And I'm actually fine. Like, I'm okay. Single, but fine. Uh, So so, like, so I was really interested in that. And I kind of got thinking about it and I never really stopped thinking about it. And then I met Mark, Mark Watson, who is Mm -hmm. my co-host on the show. And he is a comedian and a writer. And we were just talking about it. And then this kind of idea of the podcast grew up and we were Mm. just going to talk to men about what being a man was. But actually I think masculinity impacts everyone, like Mm. non-binary people, trans people, women. So so, we've created this podcast basically to talk to interesting people about what masculinity means to them, because saying to someone what's masculinity, Mm -hmm. no one knows. Right. how they've experienced it, it's been really interesting. And I've learned quite a lot because I'm in my 20s, brown and gay, Mm -hmm. and Mark is in his 40s, white and straight. So actually our spheres don't really touch. So when a guest is talking, Either I have no idea what they're talking about or mm-hmm. Mark has no idea what they're talking about. And it's been so interesting. And I feel a wee bit guilty when I'm doing the podcast because I'm just like, I'm just sat here listening to interesting people. I'm not really doing anything, but my, yeah, my, my name is on it. So That's it's a, lovely. Uh, hello.
0: I've uh, I <laughs> <have> experienced that.
1: <laughs> Made a career of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, well, no, it's, it's, really, it's really good fun.
0: And it, you, you post weekly?
1: Yeah, every Monday. Uh, every, every Monday. Every Monday. Um, and it's available. Right, what do you say? You do this. What do you say? Available. On uh, where you all... get your
0: podcasts?
1: There you go. That one. There you go. There? Uh,
0: well, what's the most interesting thing that you've learned so far, or one of the standout takeaways that you've you've heard? We did
1: a really interesting conversation with, um, which actually comes out. Uh, soon um, with Thomas Page McBee, who is Mm -hmm. a trans man and was the first trans man to compete um, as a boxer at Madison Square Gardens. Wow! And his perspective on masculinity was really interesting. And also his perspective on the questions that we were asking were really interesting because he was like, you wouldn't have asked me these questions if I was a woman. And like, he was completely right. And I feel like I learned a lot from what he had to say. And um, I think actually I've learned more from Mark which sounds mm-hmm. strange considering we don't really talk that much. Basically Mark's <laughs> there for if it gets too serious he'll make a joke. Right. Um, <laughs> but he he represents this kind of person that I think I without thinking I dragged that kind of person online. I drag mm. this het white man. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh god, I'm bored of that kind of person being out there." Yeah. But actually he is so open to learning and listening and thinking and he thinks in such brilliant ways, and I find that really inspirational about having such an open mind. I found, yeah. I found that kind to be really wanky, but I genuinely find him really fascinating and brilliant.
0: I mean, it's great. Yeah. The ability for two of you that have very different perspectives and ex- life experiences to yeah. be able to maturely and respectfully have conversations that are funny and deep at the same time. sounds like a blast that
1: deep i mean there was one (laughs) conversation we had crystal from drag race uk and at the end of it crystal started talking about dick sizes and i've never seen a man so uncomfortable because we asked (laughs) we asked mark what his favorite would be and he was like trying to like measure it in like record like vinyl sizes (laughs) because that's like the the generation he's oh i was losing my mind it was incredible wonderful he he couldn't work out his preferable size wow i don't think i really have a I still yeah. don't really know I think changes 10 on inches the day. Is too much
0: <laughs> for pies and dicks okay we're gonna take <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take one last break when we get back I have a bunch of Instagram questions speaking of social media so we'll be right back with more not too deep not, 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 not too deep what's
1: crazy
0: Okay, Michael. Before we get into these Instagram questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions. I ask every single guest that's on the per, uh, the podcast with me. And the first is, who alive or dead would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: I feel like it's a bit cruel if they're dead. Like it's like sure. it's been a bit shit for them already.
0: Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> are we
1: going? <laughs> are we going? Are we going like personal life or like the world?
0: This is entirely up to you because I assume that no answer to this question is permanent, that this is the kind of thing that, you know, will will switch up on the day depending on what your mood is. It can be mm. a like personal vendetta. It can be a celebratory kind and like, of where will it
1: hit them? Like, is it facial or is it? Like... I don't know
0: how you throw spaghetti, sir. So wherever you throw it.
1: <laughs> have you thrown spaghetti
0: before? If I have, I don't remember, but I'm going to say like probably
1: I feel like it won't like it won't stay together it'll just kind of like you'll only get like one strand that slaps them across the cheek by the time right. it gets to them that's I mean very like true. obviously I would say like an ex or something okay. um like, f- like ev- every man called Tom is a fuck boy just just so I've said it. <laughs> oh! uh, all of them I'm so sorry if you're a Tom <laughs> chances are you're a fuck boy oh! um, but I think Boris Johnson deserves it the most at the moment
0: that's a great uh, answer
1: yeah, I'd, I'd I throw it from an appropriate distance with a mask and all that stuff on. But There
0: um, you go, just to prove yeah. a point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pant-shitting story or like a bathroom Ugh. emergency situation, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. And mine, for example, as always, is college jogging front lawn.
1: I don't think it's happened that often to me. Wow. Um, What's that like? <laughs> it's it's often like a, It's generally quite an occupational hazard for um, my circles. But uh, yeah. I uh,
0: mm, or any kind of you know restroom I, I emergency. Have one. I okay. was younger.
1: I think I'm going to say MSN. Okay. Um. Crush.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs>
1: um, like. Su- surprise or Shart.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember being uh, very
1: warm. It was horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's when you realize do I ever have actual control of my body? This one tool that I'm stuck in works against me. (laughs) It's
1: it's a kind of grounding thing, though. Do you know what I mean? We all do. Truly,
0: truly. Well, uh, okay, let's get into these Instagram questions. Someone wants to know is Paul Hollywood just as stately in real life as he is on television?
1: I think it's shorter than I expected. Okay. Um, he loves silence and to make you feel I, bad.
0: That I hate that quality in people. <laughs> I
1: like I hate watching people eat anyway, but like when mm-hmm. they're making eye contact with you, you no. know it's shit, they know it's shit and he's just saying <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like that's horrible.
0: His yeah. hands
1: his hands are a bit clammyer than I expected. Is, okay. Um, maybe I made him nervous, I don't know.
0: It's possible. <laughs> is he he's so tan on television. Is He's he,
1: more tan in real life.
0: Okay, that's what I assume. That's what I assume. Uh, okay, someone said they love your cameo in the Drag Race UK tour. Fun. Oh, yeah. And they're asking, <laughs> would you ever do drag?
1: So blue, uh, blue hydrangea has been telling me that she's going to put me in drag for a long time. Henry yeah. gave me a good drag queen name, which is <gasps> Kitchen Aid, which we like.
0: Uh, we um, love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were going to we were going to do it, but then um, yeah, lockdown happened, so mm. so not. But maybe one day, I've got quite a square head, and I don't know whether that would work for me. <laughs> I used to get called Tanface Squarehead when I was younger. That was my nickname. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Like Spongebob Squareheads.
0: Oh. oh, it's not even clever, really. It's just like <laughs> just a description. Factual. Yeah. 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 This is why you... <laughs> Ow. That hurts my feelings, I guess. <laughs> um, someone wants to know, what is one challenge from any other bake-off season that you would want to do?
1: The cake busts from this year's season because it was... The best carnage I've ever seen. I mean, I've been terrible at it.
0: (laughs) I loved it. I was like, when that was uh, the first episode, I think. Yeah, when they did that, I was like, oh, they don't give a shit about these bakers. They're making them do... insane like things
1: david attenborough <laughs> falling over and staring at the ceiling I mean, is all of us in 2020 isn't I,
0: he? <laughs> I love laura but her freddie mercury cake killed the pringles me. can
1: man the pringles yes. can man
0: Okay, yes. oh it was wonderful wonderful so i wouldn't wonderful. be good
1: at it but i want to do it because it would be funny
0: uh yeah absolutely uh who would you make do you know
1: i think i think the easy thing would be to do it like a uh, Maybe like a RuPaul, but like we don't mm. love RuPaul, um, right?
0: Right. It, uh, oh, it's I don't like, know. It's one of those towing the line of like, how much can you fake that you love this person because they're just easy to make out of cake. Well, I
1: wonder. <laughs> I might do Matt Lucas because he's bald, isn't he? He's not mm. got very many features really, apart from eyes and nose and a mouth. So I might just go. do him.
0: <laughs> that's great great. <laughs> uh, Someone <I'm laughs> wants to know who eats all the food that's made on the show.
1: Uh, The crew I mean they Literally have forks In their pockets So like You'll wrap (laughs) filming And they'll just like Descend Like they tend to take Like one slice back To the baker's room After But um we don't generally want to eat them. We're kind of tired of them by that point. so Right,
0: right, right. We'll
1: eat the ones that got good reviews, but we'll leave the rest. Um, but yeah, the crew eats them and anything that's left over gets taken home by the crew as well. Like, Oh,
0: that's great. Um, yeah. So it just doesn't no all go to waste. That's great. No,
1: unless it was shit, in which case it goes in the bin.
0: <laughs> when you watch a hungry crew member not eat your food, you're like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, someone wants to know, does Noel ever act like a grown-up? I hope not.
1: No, uh, the producers literally have to hold his hand in between takes because he'll wander off.
0: Really? Um, yeah,
1: like they hold his hand and like release him to you. Um, and then he doesn't leave you. You have to be like, can you take him away? Like we're done now. Oh, like really? <laughs> want... uh, yeah. like, Michael, do you dream in colour? And I'll be like, no, well, I'm actually really busy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't have time. It I love the man like... so much.
0: Well, that's like this season was killing me. Just imagining the fact that they all had to stay in quarantine in between everything that I'm like, they're losing their minds. And we get to My watch. My favorite
1: thing is when you can see a baker who's just like, "Leave me alone." Leave yeah, <laughs> me alone. but they're, but they're also like, "This is Noel Fielding, so I can't tell him to leave me alone." So like they're and... kind of like, uh uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh yeah." Uh-huh. Oh,
0: oh I-, I love it. Um, okay. Someone wants to know what would you recommend to someone trying to start their own bakery?
1: Pass. I don't have one. I don't <laughs> have one. Uh, get a shop. I mean, maybe go to an estate agent and get a shop. Maybe you go. Not. Can you do it on Instagram now?
0: maybe probably Maybe get good at
1: baking maybe that's like the thing you should do first step
0: one Um, (laughs) someone to know what's your recipe development process
1: um i go to google um Mm -hmm. and i type in the title of the thing i want to make (laughs) and then i look up the recipe and then i i do it um perfect (laughs) no that's not true i tend to get halfway through a recipe then i kind of stop paying attention to it so i kind of I start with a recipe and then I kind mm-hmm. of go, oh, I'm going to add this instead. Or I'm going to add that instead. So I mm. end up just kind of creating something by the end, which is annoying because um, when I've created the thing and it's really nice, I don't really know how I got there. So right. it takes like a lot longer <laughs> to like unpick how I got to the end. So Perfect.
0: Um, so yes, you not, are... Not the
1: best <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you are your
0: own worst enemy.
1: <laughs> Honestly, like I would get on, I'd be on the show and I'd be writing, I'd be doing my bake mm-hmm. and um, they'd be like, so Michael, where's your recipe? And I'd be like, oh, I, uh, about halfway through, I wouldn't know where it'd be like under a pile of like off cups and <laughs> things. And they'd be like, so when did you last look at that? <laughs> like,
0: oh, 20 minutes ago. Uh, you can roll the cameras back and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so a lot of people want to know what is your favorite thing to bake at home?
1: Uh, ooh. Meringue, probably, because it's quite easy and quick. Um, mm. I'm all about quick, simple things. I mean, people expect us, I think, from Bake Off to be really into making really fascinating, elaborate things because they see us do it in the Showstopper. Right. None of us would ever make something that looks like a Showstopper ever if we weren't in a tent. I just wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. So generally, like if you think around, like if you look at the signature challenges, mm-hmm. and then like divide the difficulty by three quarters, uh-huh. that's roughly the level we normally all bake at. So I tend <laughs> to go for like a meringue or a shortbread, and that's about it. <laughs>
0: Love it. Oh, Keep it simple. Melt in the
1: middle chocolate things. Chocolate, you know the ch- the chocolate things that you melt in the middle. Sure, like a like chocolate a, cake, and you cut into it. Oh, and it's like a molten m- cake. That one. Yeah. Those are my new a new obsession because they they, they take like ten
0: minutes oh, to make. I, I love them. Um, I don't think I'll you guys you a recipe. That's so easy. Because you guys don't have chilies, right? Restaurants. No.
1: No. no. So chilies. About, we do have chilies, as in like we put them into.
0: Yeah. Things, but... <laughs> i'm trying to think chili's is like a a tackier nando's okay. with you yeah and so their molten chocolate cake is like their signature dessert it's pretty good you can put peanut
1: Um, butter in the middle and that's the best one because it kind of goes like gooey peanut butter oh i'm I'm salivating sorry
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh someone wants to know how do you not get fat as a baker
1: um, you don't, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an exercise. I teach, I'm a fitness instructor, which helps, but um, That's great. you put on the weight. Actually, I find that I bake something to prove I can bake it. I'll mm-hmm. eat one slice of it. and I'm like, no, thank you. I don't <laughs> really want the rest of it. I just want to try it. Test that I've done it, yeah. and then be, be okay with it. During the application process for Bake Off, they'd be like, "What's your favorite thing to bake?" And I'd be like, "I don't have one. Um, I'll make something once. Yeah. If I've succeeded, I don't want to do it again and fail. So I just won't do it again. I'll take the success and I'll run.
0: <laughs> I'll <laughs> run very very far away." <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Last question. I could talk to you for hours, but. We will have to wrap this up. Uh, Someone's know the best tips for anxiety right now from a friendly U.S. resident who's upset about dot, dot, dot. A lot of things right now.
1: Oh, my God. A lot of things. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I think you have to find what works for you because sometimes even your best uh, coping strategies won't work. Um, Mm. for, For example, over Christmas, I... The coronavirus rules meant that I had to stay at home. I wasn't able to see my family and I live on my own. So I was in my house Mm -hmm. on my own. And then I got tonsillitis for six days Uh. and then my cat died. Um, (laughs) So it was like a really grim moment and like none of my strategies worked. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I just had to be sad and be sad for for six days. And that was what worked for me. Um, I would say if you are having to be like sit in the sadness, I would say tell someone that you are doing that just Mm. so they can check in on you if things get really hard. But um, one big thing that I do find normally works, even though it didn't work in this instance, is to imagine a jam jar. Mm -hmm. And within that jam jar, I'm gonna murder this uh, (laughs) (laughs) this analogy. I'm imagining, (laughs) yes. (laughs) You picture a jam jar, and in the bottom of the jam jar are lots of little rocks. Mm -hmm. And those rocks are your everyday things that you have to worry about. And then on top of that is some sand that's kind of trickled down on top of it. And that fills in all the gaps. So you've got this jam jar that's full of rocks and sand. The rocks is everything that happens day to day that you have to deal with. The mm-hmm. sand is everything kind of that falls in on your day and it kind of has to fit in between those gaps. If something is really hard in terms of anxiety, like a pandemic or um, a racist police force that governs your country, mm-hmm. um, Then you, then that goes on top of those things and there's no more space and it will pour out of the jar. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is to grow the jar so that it can fit those extra things. So for mm. me, uh, I think about exercise, I'll go for a run, and that will grow the jar like an inch. And yeah. then if I think about baking, that might grow the jar a bit of an inch as well. Mm. And all those things make that jar so much bigger, so yeah. that when something drops into it, there's more space for it to float around without you getting overwhelmed. Mm. And if you've drawn that jar, you also then have a list of things automatically that if you're starting to feel overwhelmed, or I need, to, I need to go and do some exercise or I need to bake or I need to spend time with my dog or I need to read a book or whatever. So for me, I think about it in terms of that jam being like, right, I need some more room to be able to process this. So mm. I need to do something to help me. That's um, great. But like I say, it doesn't always work. And there's much better ways of describing that if you just Google the jam jar <laughs> <laughs> anxiety thing. <laughs> no, I think that's
0: fantastic. I think that's super helpful. I think creating space for it. I also think, like you said, A lot of my anxiety happens when I have um, avoided like feeling a certain way or I've repressed feeling a certain way and I haven't let myself just take a day to like feel what I'm feeling. And on top of that, what you said about telling someone else the accountability of letting someone else know uh is so important because yeah everyone being isolated no one knows what's going on with every anyone else Mm. unless they're told and so but choose
1: a friend though because some friends will be like oh let's fix it and like you can't i'm just depressed so telling a friend who'll just be like okay i'll check in on you in like eight hours that's great that's the kind of friend you need there i
0: love that michael that was so helpful thank you and we've reached the end of this podcast but before we wrap up completely um we like to give a little gift for any guest that makes time for us and we have a virtual personalized fortune cookie from us to you that i believe got emailed to you if you'd like to read that aloud to the class i've never actually
1: had a fortune cookie
0: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
1: henry golding thinks your bakes would taste great and would love a bite (laughs) have you been speaking to jan sport by any chance
0: Uh, i I don't know i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly he is like the ideal man thank you so much (laughs) get into
0: those dms Um, (laughs) now michael where can people find your social media where can they listen to mankind where can they find what you're up to
1: this is why it's really annoying having an Indian surname. i to have to spell it. But it's M.S. Chakraverti, which is C-H-A-K-R-A-V-E-R-T-Y. And that's on all social media platforms. S is my middle name people, I only realized this year that it looks like I'm just saying Miss Chakravarti.
0: That's what I thought. I thought you were um, like a widowed uh, woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Havisham, like in a yeah, black veil at all yeah. times. Yeah. Um, so, so Miss Chakravarti everywhere and Mankind. What did you say? Available where all podcasts are Where you get your podcasts. No. Available where you get your podcasts. There you Wonderful. go. On a Monday. My-
0: Michael, this was so fun. I loved it. Um, thank you so much great. for Let's chatting with sometime. us. time. I 100% you know, message me and we will set it up. I would love to. I need all the help Amazing. I can get. Uh, and we'll <laughs> see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye.
1: Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not, Not Too Deep. deep. This Grace Helbig?
0: Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Mons. Edited by Shireen Laniunis. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.